This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Boom, we are live. UFC Vegas 77 post-fight show. Guest starred by Maddie Levine. What's up? Blake Schmieders. And I'm here, your boy, Jonathan Ramlakan, a.k.a. Jonathan MMA. Appreciate you guys joining us here for the Fight Bananas post-fight show. Of course, first of all, if you're here new, make sure you guys like, make sure you guys subscribe. If you're listening on the podcast feed, make sure you follow us uh, on the Dave Van Auken podcast feed as well for not only your UFC post-fight shows, but interviews. We have everything from news, all everything is hell. So make sure you guys follow Fight Bananas on all your platforms, uh, as well as all of our guests here as well. So we appreciate you guys. But guys, we had an excellent, excellent main event. Um, oh my god, yeah! Started off a little slow. Holly Holm uh, with some good clinch work, with some good control time. But Myra Bueno Silva with an absolutely incredible standing guillotine. Some people calling it a ninja choke uh, and pulling the submission win out of nowhere. Essentially, just ending that fight in in the second round. You can see Holly Holm did not want to tap after the tap. She looked visibly frustrated, uh, knowing she got caught, right? She got caught in that submission. Uh, but Myra Bueno Silva after the fight opening up about her mental health struggles, saying she, she didn't even want to be in this world anymore. And from going from that mental state to now being in a position to challenge for a title, want to give a big shout out to her, but let's get into the fight guys. Maddie, you're the guest on the show. I'll let you start off with your breakdown. What were your thoughts on the fight overall and the performance by Myra Bueno Silva? I mean, it was phenomenal. It was it was written out of a storybook. I mean, you have the newcomer, and let me just pause real quick. My cat is going absolutely nuts in this in this office right now. I, I don't know. She just climbed into a box. We're just gonna let it happen. Um, but back to the fights. So it's just so cool to see the newcomer go against the veteran, and you can tell that Holly Holm is still very very hungry. She came out bouncy as ever. She always comes out with great energy, and I really wasn't shocked by her game plan going into round one. She's really good on her feet with the footwork and trying to confuse the opponent. But you could tell that on the other side, Silva was just playing the patient game. Mm-hmm. She was very good at just staying patient, looking for those big shots, and just trusting her instincts. And she knew that eventually Holly would want to get her up against the cage and she made it happen. I don't know if I've ever seen a choke like that. Like I'm trying to think of the last time I saw somebody do something like that. And even during, you know, live watching it, you could tell that even the commentators weren't seeing it right away. Like it took even like us at home and and the commentators like really trying to process she did that so slick. It was so quick and it was just so cool to see. And then, you know, having her use her platform in the way that she did after that big victory, it was a really sweet moment. Yeah. It was like you said, it was, it was a uh, just incredible moment for her to come in, beat someone Holly Holm, who's been stamped as a future Hall of Famer um, in the UFC, already a boxing Hall of Famer, someone who's done everything there is to do in the women's division. So for a newcomer to come in uh, and do what she did, uh, especially in a, in a performance in a spotlight, like tonight uh, was an excellent performance by her. I can't remember exactly if it was Jessica and but there was another, it was another female mixed martial artist that got one of these standing guillotine chokes. I can't remember okay. exactly what it is, yeah. but it was like in the last two or three years. I definitely remember when it happening. Uh, but Blake, like, like Maddie said, um, Holly Holm came out with a good game plan, right? Moving really well. Her kicks were on point on separation as we have a feline cameo hey. joining us on Maddie. She's usually not this crazy, I swear. Hyper just knows she's on camera. She's like, Mom, it's really late. I don't know what you're doing. Like, But anyway, back to the fights. She enjoyed the Holly Holm performance as well, so she wants she to did. make a little performance. But um, earlier in the fight, Holly Holm was moving really well. She was throwing in combinations, blitzing, right? And she was actually landing in some good combinations. She was go- throwing some 2-1-2s and, and some three-punch combinations um, and getting in- inside of the di- in the guard of Myra Bueno Silva. But right, like we said, Bueno Silva able to pull out the submission. Blake, what were your thoughts on the fight um, and her performance as well? Uh, I'm going to kind of agree with uh, with AJ in the comment section. Appreciate you guys commenting and appreciate you guys watching and, and tuning in so late. These shows are always so late, but it's okay because we got some diehard fans out there watching the post-fight breakdown shows here at Fight Bananas. But um, the fight overall was good. It was sad. Uh, that's what I was agreeing with AJ on. It was sad to kind of see 
the defeat in Holly Holmes' face, knowing she just got bested in a performance where she looked good and then just kind of fucked up. She just mm-hmm. she got caught slipping, and you could tell that Buena Silva was setting that up. Like Maddie said, she was being very patient. She knew Holly was going to try to neutralize her with these clinch moves, so she didn't want to have to go to the ground with her that much. Okay, if she's going to play this game, going to push me up against the fence, I've got a little trick in the back, you know, my back pocket that I can slip in here. And I think she set it up three or four clinches before that. She's like, okay, here's what I'm going to do. If she comes into this again, you know, manipulate her a certain way and was able to get that absolute X choke. Um, It's been a... I don't know if I've seen it live on a UFC card. I've seen it in jujitsu. I've seen it um, in practices, but I don't know if I've seen it live. And if I have, it's been a long time. So uh, it kind of was a sad ending for Holly Holm, but Buena Silva, man, she's going to be somebody to be messed with. And I love the callouts. I love the callouts that she had. She is on a mission right now to be a contender for that belt. And I'd say she's definitely with this performance over a really good Holly Holm. Holly's, you know, yeah, she's getting older in the fight game, but she hasn't lost really that much of a step. Again, I think she just slipped up, and you could tell she was so disappointed on it. Mm-hmm. John's bugging out on us. Yeah, you can definitely saw the disappointment in her eyes, but this leads the opportunity. Oh, you're are we there? You're, you're lagging. You're good. Okay, cool, cool. So, yeah, I was just saying as far as uh, Buenos Silva, this sets up a title shot, right? With the division being wide open, Amanda Nunez retiring, this puts her right in line for a title shot. So there's two names that's potentially available for her right now. Um, The one she called out, Juliana Pena. But I think the other option for her that's available is the other woman that is tied for her with the active win streaks in the women's bantamweight division is who is Raquel Pennington, which is another option as well, um, who has a winning streak of four. Uh, I like that option a little bit better with all due respect to Juliana Pena. I think you ride the hot hand when it comes to it. And with Amanda Nunez being out, when you look at the last three wins, the last win before Amanda Nunez for Juliana Pena was Sarah McCann, who's not even in the UFC right now. So maybe you take a look at of what have you done for me lately? I'm sure Juliana Pena had a win against a champion, but after that win was absolutely dominated. Raquel Pennington, on the other hand, on a four-fight winning stream. Bandy, who do you think um, should she be matched up against next? Who do, who do I think Silva should be max, m- match up? Yeah, so uh, this one's a tough one for me because, you know, I'm looking at her past couple fights, and it's not like she's fighting slumps, but at the same time, like, okay, you had an excellent fight against a veteran, but does that automatically mean that you have put in the work to get that shot? Raquel Pennington is somebody who I feel deserves the shot, definitely. I mean, she was the runner-up for that previous fight. She weighed in and everything. Like, she was good to go. Um, and she's proved that she's good. I, I really would like to see Raquel and maybe Pena. Um, as far as Silva's next opponent, I don't know. I, th- this is a tough one for me. I, I'm, I'm not sure where I want to put her just yet. You know, I don't want to take away from this incredible moment that she had tonight, but has she fought the caliber that she needs to have that championship fight? I'm not sure. Yeah, that's definitely a good question. I mean, a lot of people, uh, you beat Holly Holm. Sometimes you think that's the automatically next title shot. That, that's next for you. Um, mm-hmm. With the division kind of moving past the era of Holly Holm, it's not so much the case anymore. You can beat Holly Holm, and you still maybe have to beat one more to get to the title shot. Uh, Blake, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think you know, Myra should get that title shot, or do you think she's one more away? And if you do think she's one more away, who do you think she should face next? I definitely think she's one more away. Of course, anybody who's on a hot hand just wants to play the hot hand and, and rise right to the top. I don't think it would be a great matchup versus Juliana Pena right away. I think Juliana Pena is a very, very seasoned vet, and she would find a lot of holes in Silva's game. The fight that I think that should be made is actually her versus Caitlin Vieira because Caitlin Vieira beat Holly Holm. Bueno beat Holly Holm. Vieira lost to Pennington, and if you're going to do Pennington and Pena – for the title belt, I think that would be a great secondary fight. Um, just kind of seeing as they've had similar rises right now. Um, it'd also be perfect because they're both right at the same spot, I think, for hungriness, but they're right below title contention at the moment. And I think it would be a great it would be a great contest of her skill. And if she can take down Vieira, then she's ready for the title fight. 
Yeah, I think that's an excellent point because that they both have wins over Holly Holm, and I think that puts either one of them to have that's the number that's the number one contender fight, right? That's because whoever loses for the title maybe has to go and get another fight before they fight again for the title, and and that sets up the next young hungry contender. Um, of course, you have somebody. Uh, a lot of young contenders in that division trying to come up, but that's a perfect division for that. But let's transition to the co-main event because this was an absolute barn burner. Uh, you <laughs> had Jack Della Madalena versus Hafez, and this was a surprising performance by Hafez. I mean, to say the least, he came in, um, and in the first two rounds, he was able to actually get Jack on his back. Um, both guys landing on the feet. It wasn't like Jack was completely dominant in the feet. He definitely had an advantage when it came to the striking, but Hafez was definitely answering as well. And shout out to Jack because Jack ate some really clean shots and he was able to withstand them and stay on the feet. In the second round, it was much closer. I think three, the first three takedowns by Hafez, he wasn't able to take Jack down. But towards the end of the round, two minutes to go, able to get Jack on his back. But in the third round, that's when things started to change. And Jack landed and hurt him and mm -hmm. was able to actually almost get him out of there. But Jack was able to, or sorry, Hafez was able to land up on top. With about a minute to go, or two minutes to go, about a minute to go, they get back up, they clinch up, end of the fight. It was a split decision. Personally, I think it went the other way. You had some other fighters like Usman, Justin Gaethje, saying it could have gone the other way. It was a split decision. Um, I, I do like the, or I don't like the decision. I, I think Hafez won that fight because it was razor thin on the feet in the first two rounds, and Hafez got the control. Third round, it was very clear that Jack won. But when you have such close razor thin um stand up and it's you have more control on one that i think that's that's perform in my opinion um gets you the win for the round blake i'll let you start off with this one do you think what's this was the right decision call um and do you think uh jack was maybe expecting something a little bit less coming into this one uh i don't think jack uh, um excuse me i don't believe that jack underestimated him by any means I think what happened was the boys were just tired. And what I think Jack messed up on was, and I say that like I'm a freaking fighter and I can just, I'm, you know, I'm a couch warrior apparently, but um, in my expert analysis opinion, uh, I agreed with the, uh, the commentating. I thought uh, Della Melalena, Jesus, my words are getting all jumbled. <laughs> I think Madalena should have let Havez up. I think he should have continued the, the, the striking performance because I believe he would have put him out and he would have taken it out of the judge's hands and not left it up to the judges. And even he said, uh, you know, the judging hasn't been great lately, so I know I got a chance, you know what I mean? So I think he even kind of thought, you know, I snuck by with one there, but I probably should have lost. I don't I, – I was a total toss-up. I was like, man, this could go either way. I thought Melalena – I thought Madalena <laughs> – had better striking and I thought he was pouring it on at the end when you have uh Basil just so tired and he's getting face shot after face shot after face shot mm. and then you go to the ground with him I don't understand why what the thought process there was but again third round you're absolutely drained it takes a lot of energy to throw constant strike after constant strike um so I was tossed up I really didn't know who was going to win uh, but it, it was an absolute barn burner like you said John loved the fight overall probably fight of the night if I had to say um, not a, not to give our awards away already, but um, absolute barn burner. Loved it. Those guys both should get performance bonuses. And I think Basil definitely showed that he does belong in the UFC. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is a performance where, uh, like you said, probably didn't get to the bonuses yet. So towards the end of the show, if we can get the bonuses and, and play our little game, we'll see who gets the bonuses. But absolutely one of the best fights of the night for sure. Um, able to going for the, to the decision with Jack Della Maddalena, who has a first round finishing streak in the UFC right now, four fights in a row um, past the contender series where he's finished four fights in a row. So for a guy to come in on five days notice and do what he did, that's an excellent performance. That's a UFC contract signed performance. You will definitely right. see this guy again in the future, um, especially for him just to, you know, staying ready. So he didn't have to get ready because he was definitely ready tonight uh, for this performance. Uh, Maddie, I'll let you get to this performance as well. Um, what were your thoughts on the fight and what factor do you think having two weight cuts in a short period of time for Jack, obviously having that canceled fight, what factor do you think that played in this fight? Because obviously he was normally used to getting those first round finishes in those mm -hmm. last four performances. This round was, or this time able to get to the judges scorecards. How do you think that played a factor? Yeah. I mean, I will say this was a super fun fight to watch regardless. And I'm really excited to see Hafez with a full fight camp. Like if that's what he's able to do on a couple days notice, like this dude's going to be, 
a serious problem. Um, I will say I did have JDM winning. And I think this is just one of those things where the refs or excuse me, the judges, you have to figure out like, what are they weighing more? Are they weighing damage ground control? Um, just like continuous pressure. So, and to me, it seems like the judges tonight were really favoring uh, pressure and damage. I mean, JDM was killing that body. Um, as far as having two weight cuts, I mean, for anybody that's done a weight cut, you know the type of toll that takes physically on the body and mentally. Um, but I will say that JDM's cardio is insane. I mean, yes, he got really tired, of course, but he was able to adapt. Like you said earlier, I mean, he was trying to go to the ground a little bit. And I really do think him going to the ground was him trying to gather himself a little bit. Right. Um, but two weight cuts is tough. And mm -hmm. I think going to three rounds was the cause of, or, or excuse me, the two uh, weight cuts were the cause of the three rounds. I think we would have seen um, maybe a little more volume from JDM or maybe just not so gassed in the third round. Um, Cause I mean, I can't imagine having to cut, reload, cut, reload, like no, thank you. Um, but yeah, I had him winning. So that ra razor thin, razor thin. Yeah. I think I think also the had you had a healthy uh, JDM, it would have been over. Yeah, midway through the third, totally. uh, if not in the second, but they were both just. I mean, the pressure, the pressure of uh, Hafez was. I mean, the guy just kept coming and kept coming. He was taking massive shots, shots that would have put uh, other fighters down. And for this being kind of his coming out party for the UFC. I mean, it was. I think. I think JDM was even surprised. He was like, "Holy shit! This is this guy's just not going away." Mm -hmm. um, yeah, had he been, I, I think the weight cuts definitely played a massive part in that. I think this is something that's going to really help uh, Jack in the long term, though, because having to go through something like this, two weight cuts, and on top of that, adding a three round fight, which he hasn't had in his UFC tenure uh, past the contender series, of course, that's going to be really good for him because for him to actually have to drain himself that much go and dig so deep after potentially in some judge or when one judge's scorecards being down 0-2 going into that third round potentially needing a finish for him to be able to dig that deep like you said Maddie, digging to the body really hurting Hafez and landing and really almost finishing there was really points in that third round where he could have finished him like yeah. you said Blake, the gas tank really just probably was just on e due to the weight cuts so really was tough for him to get out there. Hafez able to just scramble and just hold on just enough to mm -hmm. be able to withstand those punches in the third. Because if it wasn't for uh, the clinching, and you have to give Hafez some uh, credit as well, because even after him getting hurt, he was just holding on for dear life. And a lot of fighters um, in those scramble situations get thrown off really easy because you're yeah. just not, you don't have any energy. But shout out to him for just being able to hold on and just be sticky throughout that third round and surviving three rounds against a guy that's finished everybody else up to this point in his UFC career. Um, so shout out to Fez, but also shout out to JDM. And he will definitely um, be much better due to this fight. Uh, so let's get in uh, to the next fight because this was a fun one as well. Um, and it was also a little bit of uh, controversy at the end of this one too. Francisco Prado beating Otman Izatar, um, able to land a spinning attack in that, I think it was leaving the second round, spinning attack um, that hurt him. And from there was able to get onto half guard, beautiful strikes from the top. But it seemed like he was able to, there was a point there that it could have been stopped. But after that point, it kept going Otman was able to actually kick him off, and then that's when the referee stepped in between. So it was a little bit of a weird finish there because it could have been stopped at a point, but it kept it going. But then it, once he started fighting back, that's when the stoppage came. So that's always a little confusing, uh, but excellent performance by Francisco Prado uh, over Otman Izatar. And uh, it was an exciting fight. You already knew this was one of the fights that Dana White said, if you didn't know, now you know. Exactly, because this is definitely now you know. Uh, a guy who was born in 2002, just got a uh, got a win in the UFC, <laughs> so uh, man, it's it, right. I'm saying it makes me feel old, right? So, but uh, Maddie, what were your thoughts on the performance by both guys, and then thoughts on the finish on the stoppage? Yeah, I mean, I don't have too much to say about this one, but what I do have to say is, if you don't know now, you know Francisco. I mean, I am a fan now. I mean, the kid's what 21 years old, and he showed massive intelligence on his feet. 
um, made a lot of smart choices. And those hammer fists were hammer fists from hell. Like they were strong. Um, and as far as the stoppage goes, I think it was a fair stoppage. You know, like you said, it's, it's really tricky. And the, the ref has one job, you know, and it was clear from in that moment of all those hammer fists that Anman was struggling and it takes one second for the ref to be like, all right, you're struggling. You're done. You know? So it's, it's so hard, especially when we're just sitting on the couch enjoying. Um, and I can't remember the last time where a ref had to come in and the fighter was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. <laughs> like, yeah. they're always like, what? It's like, bro, like, no, you were done. You were done. Um, so yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed that fight and I, and I'm really excited to see what Francisco does with his young career. Yeah. And, and like you said, it's really easy to, uh, question the stoppage when you're not getting punched in the face. So uh, it's a lot easier when you're out here just in the, in the audience, uh, Blake, what are your thoughts on the performance overall? Cause like you said, a guy like Francisco, just so young already in the UFC, you know, obviously his first fight in the UFC didn't go his way. But other than that, his performances have been has been excellent. I believe all of his 11 wins have been finishes. So he's a finisher as well. Um, so, Blake, what are your thoughts on him? And what do you think his future can hold uh, moving forward? Uh, as far as uh, a rising star that I actually had to do some some digging on um, before the fights, I think this kid's got all the talent in the world. And the fact that he's only, what, 21, 21 years old, um, he already looks – I think somebody called him – um the south american drew dober or something which i was like that is kind of a great comparison they they actually look similar uh in a way and their fight styles are similar and the toughness um one of the things that i liked is that he was setting up that spinning and, and the the corner had called not the corner the commentators had called it daniel cormier had called it like probably a minute yeah. and a half before he did it he's like oh look he's setting it up with the level change that he's gonna he's gonna hit the level change and then spin with an elbow and that's exactly what he did and when you got cormier predicting what you're gonna do and then you then you actually execute to a t get the massive knockdown uh that was fantastic game planning um on prado's part i actually did not have a problem with the stoppage at all and here is why when Ottman went down, he was not defending where the strikes were coming from. Yes, was he able to get some separation with his legs right at the very end? Sure. But his hands were up like this, and they were not defending. They were open. The other thing that I think happened – Yeah. Yeah. The other thing that I think happened was I believe in those hammer, hammer strikes from Prado. He actually stunned Ottman and then woke him back. <laughs> yep. that's, yeah. That's what I saw. That's what I saw. So I think when the ref saw that – and then, and then again, he was not defending where the, the strikes were coming from, even though he was still in the fight, even though he was getting separation. I think it was absolutely over. I had no problem with the stoppage. I actually was a little surprised he got up so quick and contested it. Uh, I mean, and that elbow had opened up a huge gash on the side of his head. He was bleeding like crazy. Uh, I mean, it was all over Prado as well, but uh, it was awesome to see the young guy get a victory. Um, earlier in the fight as well, and I don't know if it didn't look like it played a huge significance, but he had actually uh, Prado had checked a kick in the beginning of, of Ottman and actually cut open his shin. Um, and then he didn't throw many more leg strikes after that. So then it opened it up to just throwing hands or trying to get him, uh, trying to get him clenched up or taking him down. So I thought that the overall game plan, excellent leg check, excellent setup from position drop to spinning back elbow and excellent hammer fist. The ground and pound was vicious. I loved that fight. Didn't have a problem with the stoppage at all. So for my training back in the day, um, when I was riding my scooter in the street, and the scooter would hit my shin, that would be very oh. painful. Yes. So I can't imagine how painful it would be to get a checked leg kick for that to bust open your skin and to bleed like it is. So, man, shout out, first of all, just as a regular person who doesn't train, make sure you guys always appreciate what these fighters do in the cage because they take way more damage and withstand way more than you, can, than you think we probably can actually understand. So shout out to all these fighters um, that actually make this possible for us. But Francisco Prado, I want to give a shout out to the Goat Shed as well because that's where he trains out of in Miami. And if you guys don't know about the Goat Shed, those guys are ruthless and they are killers. They will always go for the kill. And as you see tonight, he will he was throwing everything um, to get the finish tonight. It was it was a wonderful performance. It, and you knew that this was one of those fights that it wasn't going to go to the second round. Like you no. all had those almost confidence. If it was going to go past the second round, both guys were going to be drained because they threw everything in that first round. Uh, but excellent performances by both guys. But shout out to Prado for getting the win. 
Uh, but we had Zhuyong Park versus Albert Durayev, and this was a, actually a pretty fun fight to watch. Um, in the first round, for anybody who didn't, didn't watch it, Durayev was throwing some winging shots, uh, landing some good low kicks early, some good left hooks. Park with the steady jab throughout the entire mm-hmm. fight. And in the first round, it was really just the jab. Um, in the end of the first round, Park actually jumped a guillotine that I thought was it. Like, yeah. I really, really thought. I don't know how he survived that. Yeah, once he resecured the legs and he was able to really get those legs in together, I thought that was it. But he was able, Dariah was able to give the thumbs up with a second to go when I thought he was going to pass out. But in the second round, Dariah with the early takedown, Park able to build himself back up. Park was actually continuing to pressure from here, pushes Dariah up against the fence, lands a beautiful left hook that drops him, and then was able to get the rear naked choke. Beautiful performance. It was an excellent uh, just one of those fights that's really fun to watch overall from start to finish. For Park, it was a very steady performance, and it was brought up by the commentary team how he's just always in your face. And it was just shown by the performance tonight because he did not go away, whether he was getting takedown, whether he was, whether he was getting hit, he was staying in your face, pressuring you, getting that win. Maddie, your thoughts on the performance? Never underestimate the power of a jab. It sets up everything. And he certainly understand. He understood the assignment, if you will. I mean, that jab, and it wasn't always a power jab. It's just always in your face. And that's something that, you know, the other side has to deal with. And he was able to form a lot of his game plan off of that incredible jab. Um, gotta say, loved his dance. Probably one of the best dances of the night. I know there was a little bit of twerking earlier on, but I'm a big fan of the victory dance. Um, But yeah, just a a clean performance. Just an all-around clean performance um, from Park. And when it comes to Duraev, I mean, he's tough. You got to give him that. But I I thought it was an odd choice for him to go... um, because he went for the takedown at, at the beginning of the second, right? So Correct. I thought that was kind of an odd choice when he was almost choked out at the end of the first. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was an interesting choice. But um, I, I just thought it was an excellent performance from Park. And it's hard not to love the guy. Yeah, after a dance like that, I mean, how do you not? Like, yeah, at that seriously. point, you just fall in love with him. And it's like the Korean zombie. Those Koreans just know how to make you fall in love with him because everything <laughs> they do just makes you want to like these guys regardless of anything. Blake, your thoughts on the fight, my man? Uh, first off, yes. By far, I- I'm going to go ahead and just give it to him. Performance uh, performance dance of the night. That's yes. my performance bonus. Uh, goes to the man with probably the best nickname in the UFC, the yes. Iron Turtle. Thanks for reminding me. I was going to say that. The Iron Turtle does not falter. He is steady and slow and steady wins the race. I will tell you that, my friend. We learned it when we were young, and he did not forget it. This was a this was a great matchup to see two different fighting styles of striking. You had you had Park, who was steady and right down the pipe. Like Maddie said, that jab set up everything he wanted to do. It was it was the the dominating pressure, the continuing continuously coming forward. But that jab was just right. Down, I mean, it was right down the pipe every time then he was able to set up everything else he actually did it looked really well on the ground um which i think didn't surprise me but versus a guy like duryev i think i was a little surprised he was able to do so well on the ground um so the slow and steady jab which was setting up everything else against duryev who looked like he was just throwing shots wildly with a ton of strength the jab was was not so much energy expended but it was perfect every time and that just goes to show you that you don't have to be a heavy hitter to go ahead and wear somebody down and break them. When Duryev's swinging wildly, trying to get these, these in, and you're just sitting in the pocket right down the pipe, that was beautiful. Um, and yeah, like I said, the dance at the end, I think Duryev just took too many to the face. It was wearing him out. Then he took some body shots. Uh, I am surprised, like Maddie said, that he went for the takedown in the second round um, after what had happened in the first. And that was actually a, another time in the second round where I thought Park had – uh, guillotine cinched up and then he let go of it and he was readjusting his his uh, body triangle but um either way i mean the iron turtle got the job done what can you say man uh, the only thing i can say is when i have kids and i'm i'm not going to show them the tortoise and the hare i'm going to show them this fight and it's <laughs> going to be albert Duraev versus the iron turtle uh Jun young park so i'm definitely going to make sure i keep that in mind when i have kids but excellent performance like you said by Jun young park uh, overall um and it, it was a fun dance afterwards and his just a jab like like you said maddie it talks about the importance of the jab whether it's 
not fighting on the main, you know, main performance or somebody like Kamaru Usman, who has an excellent jab, who's been the most dominant welterweight of all time, potentially. Right. So you have a lot of that jab sets up everything. And after in that first round, when he was just throwing that jab in that second round. That's when he started to follow it up with a two. And it really caught Dariah off guard because it really just was ready just for the jab. But now that two was coming over the top and he was following it up. Fun performance by Park. Well, and, that's, and that's two weeks in a row that we've seen the Brandon Moreno Pantoja fight last week. Moreno's jab was on point the whole time now coming into this fight UFC 77 same thing park right down the middle I mean it just it, it if these last two weeks have not showed you the importance of having a great crisp jab then I don't know what you're watching so let's get into the next fight and I think there's really only one thing to talk about when it comes to the next <laughs> fight because Norman Dumont got the win over Chelsea Chandler but there was a moment in the first round where Chandler got hit she turned around and she hit a 4-2-40 going towards the other way <laughs> And it seemed like she ran almost ran face first into the fence. Like, yes, I wasn't sure. Like, yeah, maybe maybe she thought this was WWE. And if you jump out of the fence, you win. Like, I wasn't sure what really she was thinking. But man, I, I just don't know what to say. I was laughing so hard because I have never seen anything Dude, like that. I was shook. Like, I almost paused it and rewound it because I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, what just happened, dude? It was so like, I'm sorry, but funny. Like, that was funny, okay? I mean, you, you can't say she didn't create space for a minute. Like, uh, okay, <laughs> like, so she was clearly rocked, right? Yes. And at first, I thought, okay, so she's she's creating space. She wants to maybe clinch up on the cage. But then she literally, like, bounced off of the cage. Like, it wasn't even like, let me get to the cage and turn around. It was like, it was, the whole thing was just so very weird. And I'm dying to know if somebody asks her this, like, later. Like, what was her thought process? Like, dude. I wonder if that was, in a way, pre-planned, maybe for another fight that wasn't in the Apex. Because you know the Apex is about five feet smaller. So so maybe what she expected was to have five more feet before she turned around. And, and, you know, I'm not quite sure if I'm saying this might be the first time since Corbier was stumbling away from John Jones. Uh, Man, Blake, um, dude, what what was going through your head when you saw that going on? Well, I, I think I was just like, okay, she she's clearly getting rocked and she doesn't want to be there. The first thing is, you know, you have two uh, defense mechanisms. You have fight. Uh, she chose flight. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> she about took off. Dude, like you said, 4-2-40 she was running out there. So that yeah. might have been – that was the funniest thing I saw all night. It was pretty funny. But I will say this about Chelsea Chandler. Like – she is one of those fighters that I just kind of like have the ick about and I can't help it um, because she puts on this persona of I'm so tough. Like I'm, you know, I'm the bad guy. And, but you have to back that up in the cage. Like if you're going to, if you're going to be a Conor McGregor, you, you have to fight, you know? And it's, she's extremely one dimensional right now. She really likes to just throw bombs and hopes it works and it has been working for her but it's not going to work with high level fighters like Norma Dumont who showed in extreme fight IQ tonight I thought um and was really able to stick to her game plan so very interesting and weird performance um but kudos to Dumont <laughs> yeah and that was uh, like you said that the Definitely uh, credit to Dumont because she was landing some really good strikes. Like, let's not take away from the performance she had. She was landing on the feet, right? She was landing yeah. some right right over the top. She, throughout the fight, she was able to get her opponent on the ground, and she was just controlling throughout the entire fight. So let's not take away from the performance of her because she was absolutely dominant throughout the entire fight. Uh, but it's absolutely hilarious to see somebody just turn around and, like you said, like just run like, away. Like, literally, like Forrest <laughs> Gumpet. Just like, I want to go home. Elbows. Knees and elbows. Knees and elbows. Oh, weird. Great technique on the run, though. I have to say for, for that, um, she should be starting on the defensive line as a cornerback or something like yeah, that. Yeah, get her on a um, rugby pitch. <laughs> but let's get into the opener of the card before we get into to break down some of the prelims. Uh, we had Terrence McKinney versus uh, Nazim. What was it? I got to mix up his name. Sadikov. Um, and that was... That was a fun fight because in the first round, McKinney was able to actually get him on the ground, was able to get the uh, back control for about four minutes. 
and almost was able to get the choke a couple times. But Sadikov, really good job fighting the hands, staying safe. It's just shown how far MMA and, and submission defense have grown because maybe even five years ago, you get somebody's back, it's almost instant that you're getting the rear naked choke. But now everybody knows you fight that choke hand. Most guys can't finish you with just that one hand. So as long as you maintain control, that baseball grip two on one, you fight that choke hand, you'll be safe. Even if it's four minutes with your back taken and they have the, the body triangle on the bottom. So excellent job by Sadikov to be able to stay safe and mentally present throughout the for the four minutes that he had his back taken in the first round but in the second round he was actually able to take Terrence McKinney's back and he was able to get the finish so it was quite uh just another excellent performance by Sadikov I think that's eight wins in a row for him right now I could be wrong with that but um he's definitely had a, an excellent performance been doing great things here in the UFC uh Maddie, what were your thoughts on the fight overall and and his performance just able to withstand that first round and just flip it on a script in that second round yeah I mean I love the first round but I will say I have this uh this curse that Every time I walk away from the television, for whatever reason, there's a finish. And I watched the first round, and I was like, all right, I'm going to run downstairs real quick, get some food, blah, 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 blah. I come upstairs, and there's a finish. I'm like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. So I didn't see the finish, but I saw round one. And what I saw from round one was Nazim's ability to defend i mean so high level like that was incredible and um terrence mckinney being very slick on the ground so um for nazim to actually be able to like you said hang on uh for a while but intelligently like it's not like he was just shelling up and hoping for the best he was doing a lot of smart things with his arms and uh with his guard so that was really cool and to hear that he got the finish in the second you know, um, was incredible. So shout out to him. Blake. I mean, um, if you, if Maddie had just, she just watched the first round. Okay. If you, that's a tale of two rounds right there. I thought it was probably going to be over in the first because McKinney is notorious first round finisher, but all of a sudden it just looked like a totally different person in that second round. And I don't think he was tired by any means. I just think, again, kind of like Holly Holm, he kind of slipped up. He got a lot of confidence, obviously, and who wouldn't, from being able to manhandle uh, Sadikov on the ground. And, I mean, if you looked at that first round, Kent McKinney looked crisp. His attacks were crisp. His knees were crisp. His leg lock, obviously, and then back control. Um, I think it just – I think he just slipped up. And Sadikov was obviously not determined by anything that happened in that first round because he had the killer mentality to go finish that fight and get the choke and it just got cinched up perfectly. So this was a complete, I mean, I, so I usually try to bet on some form of the fights. And so I had a six leg parlay tonight and I was, I had just texted my group chat of friends and I was like, all right, boys, fights are about to start six leg parlay. Let's get this money. Uh, and then I was like, and I lost it in the first round. <laughs> I lost it in the first fight. So uh, that sucked. But um, because he looked so good. And, and I was ready for McKinney's return to the octagon. And he looked so good in the first round. So it was it was a little disappointing. But actually, it was a great performance by uh, Nazim Sadikov because he was able to come back and did not deter at all from what his game plan was. Yeah, um, obviously, I personally, I, I, you know, think that uh... – Terrence had a good performance in that first round, but like you said, he slipped up in that second round because in that second round, he just kind of let himself get into that spot and, it, and it, he slipped in as soon as he got the back control, that choke was in almost right away. Like he wasn't able, like he wasn't able to defend it and get the control there. So a couple of times now in the UFC, Terrence has gotten caught, right? I mean, he had Drew Dober hurt and then he got caught by Drew Dober. And in the last fight, he was able, he got caught by a flying knee and this fight, had his back or able to take the back of his opponent for four minutes and then get his back taken. So it seems like Terry McKinney does a good job starting. Maybe has to find maybe some mental fortitude um, or just figure out how to continue with the same game plan in that first round. Uh, shout out to guy, the main man, Mr. David Van Auken, of course, appreciate you putting us three together. Appreciate you guys uh, for everybody who's watching as well. If you're not already subscribed on YouTube, if you're not following on Instagram or Twitter, um, you're missing out on some of the best content of last weekend. Dave was out actually hosting the Gamebred FC mm -hmm. uh, press conference out there, sitting right next to the guy, Jorge yeah, Gamebred Masvidal. Um, so shout out to the guy, Dave. If you don't didn't already, if you're not already following Fight Bananas and Dave Van Auken on Instagram, make sure you guys follow the boy. Uh, but back to the fight. Excellent performance by Sadikov. 
let's get to the prelims, guys. I'll let you guys break down your favorite prelim, and then we'll kind of um, get to the other ones from there. Uh, Blake, what was your pre- favorite prelim of the night? My favorite prelim was actually, and I'm gonna I gotta say this slowly so I get it right. It was Austin Lingo versus. Milk, you bastard! You took mine. (laughs) Well, you took my comment on the dance, so I had to. All right, fine. Uh, Yeah, Melquizel Costa versus Austin Lingo. I thought Costa looked awesome. Um, Obviously, he also looks physically awesome. I I believe he has what is called vitiligo, which is just a a decoloration of the skin, but it almost makes him look like he's got a permanent. Like he's got a, like a, a body tattoo, mm. like a whole thing going on, which is actually kind of cool. But he not only looked cool, he performed fantastic. He was getting those body kicks left and right, right up the middle on Lingo. Um, I'm actually surprised that Lingo was able to fend him off for all three rounds. I thought in that second and third round that at one point he's going to just take one of those body shots and go down, and then it's going to be pounced on um by Costa, but he didn't. So Lingo actually showed a ton of uh, really good toughness against a guy who's had twice as many fights as him at 20 and six for Costa, nine and three for Lingo. So it showed good heart by Lingo, but Costa, I'm excited to watch that kid fight again, man. He looked really good. The yeah, output. Like Go oh ahead. my God. Oh, no, I was just going to say the output from that man was incredible. Like just like top notch kickboxing, like just the combinations and the building, like understanding that the, that the body work was paying off. Like he was going up the middle and then going to the sides and just completely like just chopping down the the tree, you know? And it's like it, and then going up high, like it was just beautiful. Like it was, it was like textbook kickboxing. Um, But lingo was super impressive. Like a lot of people would have folded. Yes. A lot sooner, you know what I mean? And he just took it on the chin and not only took it, but like was able to dish out a couple of pretty harsh punches. Um, obviously, it wasn't enough, but wow, Costa is extremely talented. Yeah, I mean, looking at some of the unofficial numbers, Costa 48 for, of 73 to the body. I mean, to for Lingo to take 48 body shots. Yeah. that's That's like... I couldn't even imagine taking one, but for yeah. him to take, like you said, Blake, a lot of those body shots were that was that leg kick, that rear leg kick that he was yeah. firing to the body and it was snapping off. And sometimes you'll hear the snap, but sometimes you'll get that thud where you it won't even loud. hear anything. It and was this, loud. And some of those just dug into like you got both, right? You had the snapping ones and you had the thuds and it just sucked. And uh, even DC said uh, Lingo wasn't really even defending and trying to swipe the kicks away. Mm-hmm. So he was potentially even risking damaging, breaking his forearm. Um, with defending with how many kicks he was eating as well. Um, but definitely excited to see Costa perform again in the future. Like you said, that striking performance was amazing. I mean, just through the first two rounds, 38 body shots. So for him to withstand that, absolutely yeah. incredible. Costa with an excellent performance. Maddie, Blake stole your prelim of the night. What was maybe your rear runner-up? Let's see. I'm I'm looking at the card now. I mean, the one that comes to mind is the Nunez Dudakova fight because of how friggin' nuts it was, you know. And I was really excited to see um, kind of two different styles go at it tonight. And unfortunately, we weren't able to see that. But I couldn't watch the screen. Um, what well, well, was it? A dislocated elbow? Is that what happened? Sure. So what yeah. happened is uh, essentially, she, yes, she posted, she posted right? up exactly. And that elbow essentially just went the wrong way. Um, so uh, as a lover of gruesome injuries, but a hater to see it happen to anybody. And hopefully she recovers. Uh, yeah, just seeing that was wild. So hopefully the good thing is we're in 2023 and that's not as bad as it used to be. I mean, you see guys like Paul George snap their legs essentially in half and come back and, and you know, so it's different now. So she'll yeah. definitely have the UFC technology and the UFC PI helping her rehab and getting behind her. And you'll see somebody like we have Tom Aspinall, I think returning next week, if I'm if I'm correct. Right. And he had an injury where his knee essentially got blown out. So the UFC PI does a really good job just taking care of the fighters. So expect her to definitely be back. Yeah. Best wishes to her. Hopefully she heals up. Uh, but like you said, Maddie, that was just crazy to oh. see overall. Yeah. If, um, if, uh, if you can have Weidman and Silva come back, she'll be fine with just a dislocation. It'll all be Yeah, fine. yeah. It was just gruesome. Like, yeah, it was uh, 
and me and Maddie were talking. I don't know what was worth worse, watching the actual like seeing the actual injury or hearing her scream. Oh my god, that was that made me just be like, yeah. oh, her so reaction terrible. was terrible. Terrible. Yeah. Yeah, especially when you hear that scream, like that's just never. It's almost reminded me of uh, when Joseph Benavidez got choked out by Davison Figueredo, and he just woke up screaming in the middle of the octagon. <laughs> oh my like, god! Yeah, that was oh. like one of those screams that you just kind of haunt you in the middle of the night. Right, so, right. <laughs> you don't want to hear that. Um, but the performances on the prelims were pretty solid overall. I think this was one of those prelims where really just kind of build up the card. Um, solid, you know, featured prelim was pretty solid. Tucker Lux versus Melsic Bogdasarian. Um, both guys going back and forth, really. And, and essentially, Bogdasarian was able to get the win there. Uh, we were able to see the return um, at the beginning of card by Ashley Evan Smith. But Eileen Perez, Jesus, she was mm. dominant for the entire yeah. fight. She, she made Ashley look her. like shit. I'm sorry, but <laughs> Ashley was not her best tonight. Um, but also Perez really put it on her but it, it's it was one of those fights where i think that ashley was just a little off because perez was hitting things that a seasoned fighter wouldn't have let happen like she wasn't setting up her body kicks but they were landing perfectly because ashley wasn't doing anything with them and there was just a lot of that going on where a lot of low level takedowns as well yeah yeah low level takedowns but they weren't takedowns that she had to chain together she had the body lock and just tripped her essentially very not easy but things that you when you're building takedown defense you start with that like those are the basics of Mm -hmm. starting with takedown defense so to see her getting takedown like that obviously she was coming off i think a nerve pinch um recovering off of some pinched nerves um and some injuries so for her to come back obviously not the performance she wanted to have Maybe there could have been some ring rust, but it didn't seem like she was all able there just to to do it all and put it all together. When her coaches were talking to her, it didn't seem like she was maybe responding in the way you want to see a fighter respond. So hopefully maybe she's able to get it back. But Eileen Perez, just an absolutely dominant performance by her. Uh, I definitely want to give another shout out to Tyson Nam. Uh, Azat, or, uh, yeah, Azat Maxim is undefeated at 17-0, and 0, but Tyson Nam did a really solid job throughout the fight. Uh, got a close one at the end. But in the end, uh, not, or Maxim was able to stay undefeated at 17 and oh. So make sure you check out the guy from Kazakhstan um, for the future because these guys coming out of Kazakhstan, I mean, the Shavkat, Shavkat Rachmanovs, all these, all these fighters are coming off and making a name. And that's what I love to see about the UFC is just how global it's continuing to become. Because when you see one guy come out of an area and are able to make it, a couple of years down the line, you start seeing that pipeline that got built from that one moment starting to fill out. So it's so beautiful to see that happen. Um, guys, any final thoughts on the card before we wrap it up with our performance bonus guesses? Um, I will say that my computer might die soon. So if I tap out, I wasn't doing an Irish exit. It's just <laughs> I, I don't. my computer's dying. But I thought it was an overall excellent card. Super, you know, a lot of um, high-level striking. I thought this was a really fun striking card. Um but yeah, it was overall, overall, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it an A, I'm going to give it a B plus, B plus. I thought this was a fantastic card to watch for casuals. If, if you were a casual of the fan, I thought this was a great card to watch because you had a little bit of everything. You had decisions, you had great striking, you had submissions, you had unfortunately an injury, you had great dance moves, you had uh, a woman overcoming mental mental depression and and basically like you said not wanting to be alive and then coming from the lowest moment to the highest moment which is one of the coolest things that this sport does is is it really pushes people and promotes people from that can go through terrible things and bad places onto being on top of the world and i i hope the trajectory for her continues to go um i do want to say the one of the the one of the fights i did want to give a shout out to if you guys got to catch it was the evan elder Gennaro valdez fight that was an absolute swing and banger till the very mm. end. I could have given both those guys a hand raise at the end because they were just going to absolute war. I think that one actually would have tied mine for undercard performance of the night um, with the Costa Lingo fight because I saw that one and I was really getting into it heavy because I thought both of those guys were just putting on absolute warrior shows. So overall, I thought it was a really good card. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with. Uh, I think I'm going to match Maddie, even though I would love to be a contrarian. I think it's going to be a B plus for me. Can't quite give it an A, 
Um, and maybe that's just because we're coming off the back of International Fight Week in UFC 290 last week. Um, so obviously not quite the uh, all the excitement we got from that one. But this was a great one for casuals. If you guys get a, a chance, go watch this because it was totally worth it. It had a little bit of everything. Yeah, absolutely agree with you guys. I think this is one of those cards that you can kind of that has a lot of rewatch value, right? There wasn't really a lot of snooze fests. Sometimes the cards, you know, you'll see, you'll watch the fight, and as as people that you know watching it or in the sport, you'll you'll be able to analyze the fight, but you wouldn't really go back and watch that fight. But let's get to the performance bonuses, Maddie. We'll let you try to guess them before you leave. There were three or uh, two performances bonuses and one fight of the night. They all ended up being on the, um, and this will give it away just a little bit, make it a little bit easier, but they were all on the main card. Two okay. performance bonuses and one fight of the night. What are your guesses? All right. Performance bonus, Silva and, hmm. Ooh. Maybe Nazim. And then fight of the night, JDM and Javes. Blake? For performance or for uh, yeah, performance of the night bonus, I'm giving the Silva definitely performance bonus, and I'm I'm kind of a toss up between Prado and Young uh, or Park for maybe a mm. a sneak in performance bonus, and then fight of the night I think goes to JDM and uh, Basil Hafez. Yeah, so you both got one of the performance bonuses, right? Of course, the main event got the performance bonus. And uh, like I said, the fight of the night, I probably shouldn't have gave away because that was easily the best fight of the main <laughs> card. Um, so that was the fight of the night. The second bonus went to Francisco Prado with the... Uh, with okay, the yeah, for sure. So well-deserved there. He was calling for the bonus there at the end. Uh, so well-deserved as well. I, I thought a couple of the prelims um, definitely had an opportunity um, to potentially sneak in as far as fight of the night. But that that co-main event especially when you have a guy who's on five days notice versus a guy who's fighting for a ranking the storylines kind of make it just a little more amplified so that just kind of added to what made that in my opinion the fight of the night uh guys excellent show i appreciate maddie for joining us blake as always for being here everybody in the comments thank you guys for joining us and if you're watching this in the post fight like we said make sure you guys like make sure you guys subscribe follow everything on all social medias instagram twitter facebook here at fight bananas maddie closing thoughts uh, before you finish out here uh let's see fight bananas or die let's go i love this this was super fun um and as always i love repping the fight bananas brand make sure you follow my podcast the peel back you can find it wherever you listen to your podcasts and i hope to be back on the show soon thank you so much for having it on we appreciate you and the feline for being on here as well i I think she fell asleep thanks thanks for the cameo piper (laughs) awesome and as always my man blake close us out finish us off for sure. No, I want to give a huge shout out and thanks to Maddie Levine. Go check out her podcast as well. Um, I, we've been having guests on really frequently lately, and it's been awesome. And we've just gotten one good one after the next, after the next, after the next. I believe you are our first female guest, if I'm Let's not go. mistaken. Yeah. Yes. So look, you have already graced the, the Wall of Fame, Hall of Fame for Fight Bananas post-fight show with Jack or with John and I. So thank you Love very it. much for that. Your breakdown was fucking awesome, and we cannot wait to have you back on the show. Um, obviously, shout out to the best-looking co-host in all of post-fight shows and all of the internet, John Romlecon. <laughs> Always looking freaky fresh, my man. Um, big shout out to Gorilla Warfare. Big shout out to Dave Van Auken and Fight Bananas. Guys, thank you so much for all your support. Everybody who commented and everything. We don't always get to get to the comments, but the ones we like, we get to put up and, and just keep giving us all the support you can. We love it. We do it for you guys. And uh, I just have I have a blast doing the show, man. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you guys, as always. Thanks to Dave Van Alken for giving us this platform for being here. From the three of us, we thank you guys, as always. Let's go, and we'll see you guys after the next fight.